Welcome to How It's Musically Made, a podcast dedicated to redefining the art song tradition. I'm your co-host, Maggie. And I'm your co-host, Ben. Today begins our final three interviews. If you've been listening since the beginning, you've heard from each group of composer, pianist, poet, and vocalist about the start of their collaboration. In these final episodes, we'll see how their work has changed and progressed. And after these last few meetings, we'll share with you the audio performance of each completed work. Today, we're chatting with Group 1, Nathan, Nikki, Bree, and Vina. So the last time we met as a group, we heard a piece of text from Bree. So we'll just quote that again. So home is a voice, you belong here. Home is a whisper, you can cry here, which we also posted on our Instagram account. And then we heard music from Nikki and Nathan and talked about kind of plans to create the multi-movement sort of song cycle uh, that explores different aspects of home. Uh, so let's just pick it up from there. What is new since our last meeting? How has it changed? Um, did you add any new music, new text? Uh, is it still a song cycle? Has that changed or uh, has it stayed the same? A lot has changed. <laughs> yes, a lot has changed. Yes, yes. That's good. In like, yeah. the past couple of days, really. In literally in the past couple of hours, actually. True. Uh, I just caught up on all the changes here. <laughs> our first kind of idea was to explore the different definitions of home and how home has changed for us while living through the pandemic. And so that was kind of where we started. We were kind of riding that wave um, up until recently where we wanted to shift. Well, um, Vina had suggested for our third text. Um, actually, Vina, it might be better if you talk about this since it was your idea. Yeah, of course. So um, we were going through the process, as they were saying, and something that caught my attention was initially thinking about how we can make these pieces flow together because the overall theme was home. And I personally wanted to speak about my experience through the quarantine because we had um, initially touched on almost every other aspect except what happened in the majority of it, which was what happened to Breonna Taylor and what happened with the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I wanted that aspect to be shared because as much as the other things were important, this was also something that was very, very important to what we all experienced during this quarantine. There was no turning away from it. Almost every channel covered it. And while it's good that they got that exposure, it also changed the way I felt safe. And so for me, I was like, I didn't even feel safe in my home. Brianna Taylor was my age. She's 26. Mm-hmm. And for that to just be able to happen to her in her home, where a lot of us turn to for safety during this time so we could avoid like interacting or just stay as safe as possible was something that made me um, feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. And so I brought that concept up to Brie and to the group. And I was like, I would love if we could somehow incorporate this into our cycle of songs. Yeah. So, um, and I was like, yes. And we all were like, yeah, let's do that. So, we changed like the third song uh, to touch on that, like Venus feelings of like safety, what it means to be safe at home in connection to that incident, um, specifically what happened to Brianna Taylor. So that then kind of opened a different door. And that's sort of like where Nikki had brought up a different idea as well. Mm-hmm. So since um, the third song was going to be about Brianna Taylor, I thought it would be a better flow if we dedicated the second song to 
her as well and like really focus on what happened to her and like what it meant to us within the song cycle so now the song cycle has really um shifted a lot and uh, we're talking a lot about like safety at home what it means to be at home and we're still working on the second text we were actually working on it 30 minutes before the talk happened so (laughs) yeah it's very much like a work in process type of thing right now which is exciting yeah it was sort of like um for me we had a listing well i had written a listing poem where home becomes many different things home is an iguana home is an exit sign home is a shapeshifter and that was to kind of embody the idea that home is many different things for all of us um, and what home means to us has changed throughout this experience of like living and navigating, living through and navigating a pandemic. Um, and that piece has like a kind of jazzy energy. It's kind of like fun, which came right before this more serious and toned piece that references Breonna Taylor's murder. And for me as a poet, I was like, that adds texture to the song cycle, which was like a genre sort of poetic technique um comment like I was looking at this cycle through like a poetic lens which then Nikki with her experience was kind of like this song cycle like will need some kind of like dramatic turn I think that's what you said Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I was like okay so it was like getting her insight on that was really valuable to me um we're using um Breonna Taylor's experience and her uh her you know dreams is about her as like a vehicle to kind of discuss home. Um, It was more about safety and home. And for me, that made sense. I was like, oh, I like that there's this piece that's very tonally different before this piece, because that gives the whole cycle a texture that I like in books. Like when I'm putting Mm -hmm. a book together, I'm writing poetry. Let's say I have like numbered a series of poems. Like I often don't, well, I never put those poems in order. Like I would love to see the last poem in that series come first like I just think that it gives kind of a surprise to the work um so like Nikki's kind of desire for unity was different for me but it makes sense but yeah I was looking at it through like a poetic lens or like you know poetic technique like I think it would be great to have these two pieces next to each other um because they're so different um shifting the second piece into aligning more with that third piece makes sense in this in terms of creating a song cycle mm-hmm. so like structure wise we were thinking about writing short songs like um two minute long songs or three minute long songs of a song cycle and i was thinking just having like that one two minute um brief thing of this like really big experience for all of us was just not enough musically because if you think about it like in a song text like we can cover so much text in in two minutes you know maybe like three four lines and like it's just so brief in music that i felt we had to dedicate more time and more songs to like magnify the dramatic effect and also like having another song to really like go through what happened i thought it would give Vina more time to talk like sing and like express as well and like get into the character so I think it would be interesting to see where it all leads to now with this shift throughout the process of us going back and forth with that I think it was essential to how we're developing this cycle because there were so many elements that through changing it to focus more about Brianna Taylor in the second piece 
changed how we thought about formatting the cycle as a whole. And points that Nikki brought up were very essential and points that we both agreed on um, <laughs> with, um, in the two different texts, but then came together and were like, okay, this can, this can all work together, but the consistent story has to be, we have to talk and give the justice, give what's due to Breonna Taylor and her story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it is such an essential part of like the third piece in that cycle. And that was something that we all agreed on. So I know you guys said you just started to make a lot of changes recently, but um, is there new text and new music with these ideas yet? Or are they being developed now? Yes, we have um, the third song written and the text is done too. The song's written. Second song, we are developing the text. We are almost there. So we should be complete pretty soon. Yeah. So the first text is still the same. um, The first two lines. And then our second text is titled um, Home is Safety. And some of the lines in here are italicized because they are tweets from Breonna Taylor's Twitter account. So they're her voice. Home is safety. Why do I feel like all my life, I've always been the one making sure folks straight and nobody has ever looked out for me the same way. Breonna Taylor worked as an ER technician in Louisville, Kentucky. She was 26, wanted to be a nurse, buy a house, start a family. Don't forget to mention I'm on my shit. She loved spicy food, cookouts, and game nights. She took care of people. That's my biggest downfall. My heart is too big. Did um, Were others in the group involved in, in putting this text in order or in just yes. suggesting mm-hmm. the, the tweets and all of that? So the tweets I chose, um, but I sent my first draft to the chat and then Vina had suggested changing the order of the tweets in the, how they appeared in the poem. So I did that a couple of times. So we went through a couple of different drafts, like in the last hour and a half. And so Vina, like what was your, I guess, reasoning for, for those shifts, the ordering shifts? Well, when um, I initially read it, I thought about the order of what, Brie was wanting to highlight. So initially, so with the way it turned out, the first line was at the end, which I thought was beautiful, but I thought it would be more poetic at the beginning because you already, knowing who she is, that phrase from, excuse me, having that phrase in the beginning of the poem, I thought would be more impactful. Then when it came to um, her talking about, don't forget to mention I'm on my shit, I thought it was very important that we talk about what she wanted to do with her life. Because she was on top of it. She was doing what she wanted to do, how she needed to do it in order to get the life that she wanted for herself. And then I thought um, when she added the different things that that humanized her, because a lot of times it's easy to just see a face and not understand the full aspect of that person. So when she said love spicy food, cookouts, game nights, like, and ultimately what she wanted to do, like she took care of people. She wanted to be a nurse. That was mm-hmm. what she wanted but that the biggest downfall is my heart's too big. That was beautiful. So I never was like, I don't like the tweets. I love the tweets that Brie chose because they were very impactful and helped show different aspects of Brianna. But I thought it was really powerful to end with that mm-hmm. when she chose to do that. It seems like also this would be a really moving and and unique experience to, to sing these words and embody Brianna when you go 
to sing the line set to music. Um, is that something you've thought about yet? It will definitely be something that I'll have to record multiple times just because it's a hard reminder. Mm-hmm. It's like I mentioned before, she, I don't know the ages of you all, but I'm 20, I'm 27 now, but I was 26 when this was all happening. And so it was very personal to me as a black woman and of being a black woman of her age. And so I think when I sing this, I will probably tear up just because of what I just said. But I think it's important to, it's important to do and important to say. So regardless of how many times I need to re-record this and sit with this, I think the message is going to be impactful. And here is Vina performing part of her vocal line from the first song, Home is a Voice. into music a little bit then um and nikki can you tell us about the new music you've written since the last we heard yes so the song that i finished is the third song and it, it is called home is my body um so i wanted to set sort of like a quieter mood to really focus on the the vocal line in this song This is the piano accompaniment to Home Is My Body, the third song in our song cycle. we have like a piano ostinato that's like simpler and then the vocal line is going to be like hovering over it mm-hmm. and um yeah it has a lot more um like fluidity and like the flexibility than the first song that i wrote especially in the vocal line 
but this one was like pretty difficult for me to set because I really didn't want to do anything that wasn't going to be like full like full respectful way of like presenting the material and mm-hmm. I really liked what Brie had wrote, written and so yeah this I had to do it really really carefully and so it took like a lot of time for me to like rewrite the vocal line and like change the harmony behind yeah it, it was a really really fun experience but like definitely more careful writing than like I usually do <laughs> yeah I'd imagine you don't want to be too sentimental or right yeah so holds my body is the piece that kind of ignited the revision of the second piece um where it's it's sort of and it's also kind of like a transition from um home like thinking of it beyond us and realizing that we are homes for ourselves which was like a cool idea um to explore in writing but i can read that piece So it's called Home is My Body. Home is home, and home is my body. I am scared to be here. If my home is my body, I'm scared to be in my body. I get shot in my sleep here. I am stuck here. I need to feel safe here. Where do I hide? Who do I call? So that's the third piece. And so, yeah, that's the piece that pushed us to rethink the second piece and the the whole song cycle, especially the. I get shot in my sleep here line. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, th- I think with the song cycle, it, it just all those connections are what makes it so powerful. Like those, those mm-hmm. like, like, or how little snippets of text and how they kind of blossom and go different directions and come back in certain ways. It, it's really an incredible form. I, I love the idea of the of unity and of sort of having this greater sense of flow. And, and I think before we, we kind of stayed safe, but kind of touching on the subject of Brianna Taylor more and more, I, I think one by one, each one of us started really confronting uh, a sense of reality. We're now all kind of in the same boat and we're all accepting this, the sense of like harsh reality. And we want to kind of put that at the forefront and give it justice um, with, our, with our music, with our words. Uh, in the end, when I kind of saw all these revisions, I just felt, oh, you know, there's, this is, I absolutely stand behind this. Coming in, you know, a couple of weeks ago and thinking about where this would lead you versus where you are now um, and what is left going forward. Do you, do you all have just some general thoughts about what you expected coming in versus where you are now? When we started this project, I honestly had no idea. I had never done collaboration with just um, a composer but with um, all, four, three other people involved, I'd never done that co- kind of collaboration in general. So I came in with an open ear and an open mind because I had no idea <laughs> what to expect. Um, we come from different sides of, I, wa- I don't want to say the same coin, but of the arts as far as like what we are focused on as individuals. And so that's again why I came to this experience and I was like, I don't know what to expect. Honestly, <laughs> this is a completely this is a completely new territory for me. But um, as we've gone and talked and had conversations and changed things and rewritten things and revised things, I think that I've learned more than anything that collaboration is key. Yes, it's a given, but at the same time, to 
be open and understand different points of view that make a flip with yours and you may not agree with even at the end of the day, but you're trying to create something that's going to be beautiful and mean something for all of you. And so for me, it my experience in comparison to the beginning is one of having more understanding of what collaboration means. I just was like, hmm, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. Um, and uh, it's been really helpful for me as a poet to work with people who are artists but are not necessarily poets because um, I have collaborated with other poets and other writers. But, um, I mean, just the best example of that is something that um, I discussed earlier, but just like me and Nikki approaching this piece um, from like two different sides of like me thinking it's beneficial to have two pieces next to each other that are tonally and like in terms of content, very different. And then Nikki saying um, from her experience and her expertise, um, knowing more about music, that it would make sense to have these pieces connect in a more deliberate way. Um and so that was really interesting for me, you know, as a poet to just take advice from artists who are creating work unlike, unlike me and unlike my work. And it's just been, yeah, it's just been fun to share ideas. It's like we've all shared concerns, questions, you know, something that we all agree on is that we all want to be proud of what we make. So I just hope to take this experience and to continue to kind of open myself up to opportunities to work with people who who know more than me about different kinds of art. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to sort of add on to that with sort of my experience with this. I think that having this kind of four-way collaboration is a real conversation opener. And that one of the things that uh, really come out of this is uh, us being able to, it almost encourages a sort of egging each other on a sort of, uh, one pushing the other to think in a perhaps in this perspective and see what kinds of possibilities does that allow for. And I think that's not really not nearly as possible if you were working on something by yourself or um, one person at a time, which is kind of more traditionally what we see. Uh, and things being, you know, set in stone and then it's like, okay, then... Uh, I guess I'll take what's set in stone and do this. But here we're, um, not only do we each have our own voice in this collaborative process, but we can actually sort of push each other to new new frontiers. And I think that's actually what this has, uh, what the last couple of days, um, in fact, has been, has been teaching all of us. Yeah, and like this... Um project was really different for me even though I've done collaborative um, projects before we we've talked a lot really a lot over the past few days especially like Nathan just said and I've actually never collaborated with this many people at the same time it would be always just like with one other person like choreographer or writer but now we have four people coming from different backgrounds and different um ideas that um sometimes we wouldn't all agree with one thing but that would always like open up more ideas and more um ways to approach this project which has been really interesting and i love how like one thing would get thrown into the conversation and then it would just 
sort of like the whole project has been just growing and shifting so organically. And it is as we speak right now, too, because we haven't made some decisions yet, I don't <laughs> think. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really interesting to see what grows out of it. But also, I just feel like I don't have enough time as well because we've been talking so much and like now i have to like actually go back to my studio and like write my write this music and like this piece has been really meaningful for all of us that now i feel really pressured to write a really good thing and hopefully i can (laughs) write something good (laughs) i don't want to mess up you know yeah i'm also i want to kind of jump off something you said before with the it's kind of too many cooks in the kitchen or like four people who are all contributing ideas and it's organically shifting like, how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle those? Like, when when one person has a slightly different idea and then three people agree or two people agree on one idea and then two people agree on the other idea. Like, how do you have those discussions and what are some of the things that can move those conversations forward for you guys specifically? Yeah, so we really only kind of dealt with that recently with, like, completely changing the second text. Um, and I was hesitant to do that. I think in terms of changing something like what we just did with our second text and really changing the whole cycle, the whole song cycle, I, I know I'm working with really smart people, you know, and people who are bringing a lot to the table and I know I'm doing the same. So I think there is just like a level of trust there. Um, Mm -hmm. in terms of like, well, you know, music, you know, vocals, like here's what I can give and like, how can all of these things come together? Um, Mm. so yeah, I guess I haven't really been like, you know, too overwhelmed or like frustrated by us not being on the same page because ultimately like we've just been asking each other like open-ended questions. I've been sending drafts and I'm getting feedback from my group in real time. So I'm making changes as they're giving feedback to me. Um, so I think I've just kind of relied on trusting who I'm working with. I agree. I also think like, when we do have things we don't agree on, offering solutions when you don't agree has been very helpful. Like, okay, can we change? Like, I don't know about this. Could we try this idea? That's something that we've done that's made the process a lot easier. So we're not just like stuck in a stalemate of like, like you said, two to one and no one's offering like another solution to what they may not agree with. Right. I would say that also we're, uh, from what I can tell, I th- <laughs> uh, and very easily I can tell this, that we're all very accepting of each other. And I think that goes a long way, just simply listening and then uh, stating our reasoning and sort of understanding where people are coming from. All of, all of this kind of comes together and allows for the sort of, you know, we're working towards a sort of mutual goal of creating this sort of very impactful uh, project song cycle also um so you all just answered you know w- what you thought about everyone else's disciplines and that whole learning process but I, I wonder like in the end you'll go back to working on your own craft each of you after this project is over and what are what are some new ideas you have like going back to your own work after working with some some other people in other disciplines or with other ideas? I guess for me, like, um, not only is this my first time collaborating with people who are working, um, in other disciplines, but I, 
I also can't recall, and like maybe I'm wrong, but I can't recall having written a poem like for for something besides like class or like myself. Um, so this was like more project oriented, and that's why I kind of wondered, like I said earlier, like oh, how am I going to do this? Like, am I going to know what to write? Are my is my group going to like it? Um, and is it going to work? So I think I just kind of feel more confident in myself as a writer because I was able to make this work and like write good work um, in in this situation where I'm creating it for this this uh, collaborative project rather than just I want to write about this today. So I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. One thing I thought of just now is the idea that I'm allowed to have opinions on more than just <laughs> more than just the way that something should be played um i think this collaboration has allowed me to feel oh i can actually you know say something say what i think about the word say what i think about the music that's written um i think a lot of pianists uh it, it seems like a lot of classical pianists the longer that they play they the more they get good at um, interpreting what somebody else has already created. And so I think this process allows, uh, this collaborative process allows a sort of an exercise in um, voicing like opinions, uh, having opinions rather, and being able to feel, feel a sense of ownership to how you resonate with the music that's written, the words that are there. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's actually really helpful for uh, any any kind of music that I'm going to be involved in playing in, just to think, oh, you know, maybe why did the composer write the write it this way? Why are why this text? You know, so asking these kinds of important questions rather than just oh, it's just a given, it's just a a truth that's already there, so I'll just play it. <laughs> Well, no, it's true. I mean, so much of music school is so puritanical in the way it's like, mm. it's like this, you're put in kind of a box and it's like, this is the way it is. This is this pre-existing thing. Go mm. and do it. <laughs> and that's, yeah. not, that's not the way it should be, in my opinion. So for me, I don't usually write multi-movement pieces or like, I don't really write short pieces that should be in a set. I usually write like one longer piece and this has made me think a lot about pacing and like how the drama could continue on within small breaks that it'll have within the song cycle. So that's been a big focus of mine while working on these songs. And um, because the text comes before the music happens, all the conversation has been about like pacing and dramatic effect. Mm -hmm. So like, I think within my own work after the song cycle i'll think more about the structural plan before writing rather than just like jumping in and like maybe sketching out a little bit more of like pacing before i work on the piece yeah Mm -hmm. i want to bounce off of what both of them said um when i think of approaching song cycles for like a recital or anything like that i think about oh who's my favorite um person to listen to sing this or who um, do I know who song list the best? I'm going to listen to them, research this, because this is academically what I'm taught to do. And so by the book X, Y, and Z. But I think, especially being out of school, 
being in quarantine and also having this experience, it's allowed me to have a more of a freedom with this because yes, there's, there's structures to everything, which is what we learn in school. But as an, as an artist, as you're trying to find ways to relate to your audience and relate to the pieces, you have to go a little farther. And I think during this experience, that's what it's done for me. Cause I have gone farther because again, this is, I've talked about personal experiences here, which is different than if I'm doing, if I'm doing art, a German lead or um, any other art song that I would have learned in school. I think for me, it's um, allowed me to let go a little more. Like you were saying earlier, Ben, we're taught to have this structured mindset of if I don't sing this music like this, it's not as authentic or as true to what the composer wrote. But we are composing this together, not like musically, Nikki's doing that, but like as far as like putting this together. And so I think there's a freedom in that that I traditionally would not have found and what I want to take into my pieces and into the music I do in the future. Well, thank you all so much um, for spending time with us for all these conversations and for creating really cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for thank setting you. all this up. All right, guys. Have a good night. You too. too. Night. Take care. You too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. We'll hear Vina and Nathan's performance in a few weeks. And next week, we'll chat with Group 2 about their final steps. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at How It's Musically Made. Feel free to send us questions and comments through a direct message. See you next week! This project is supported in part by the Paul R. Judy Center for Innovation and Research at the Eastman School of Music. If you would like to sponsor an episode or contribute to the project, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram at How It's Musically Made. Thank mm-hmm. you.